Well, good day, everyone. Welcome to The Journey this week. My name is Jude Hennessy, and my great pleasure is to bring you this show each and every week. It comes from a little place called Wollongong, south of Sydney, and uh, the Catholic Diocese of Wollongong, in which I work. It's really privileged to contribute this show to a whole lot of different platforms, most especially to the Christian radio network right around Australia. You know, over 30 radio stations from east to west and north to south of Australia. Lots and lots of listeners we know through that wonderful ministry, as I like to call it, which is, which is Christian radio. Podcast platforms in which people receive it as well, and lots of people just receive it directly from us each week through jcr.org.au. We don't mind at all how you get it. We're just really honoured that people want to listen to it, and increasingly they do. We've got lots and lots of people who listen each and every week, and we hope that this show, like... Always is one that blesses you. We, we're going to be um, breaking open the Word of God, as we always do at the start of the show, with uh, the Gospel reading, which is read out at Masses right around the world. For this week, it's the 11th Sunday in Ordinary Time. Today, it's Matthew 9, 36, through until chapter 10, verse 8, with that idea being that the, uh, the harvest is rich, but the laborers are few. We're also going to be hearing from Mother Hilda Scott. And then as promised a couple of weeks ago, we were really lucky to get an interview with, uh, with Father Tony Percy. You would have heard him a couple of weeks ago speaking about what was unfolding for the ACT government's planned takeover of the Catholic Hospital, Calvary, which has gone to the Supreme Court and seems to have been waived through by the Supreme Court as something valid. There's lots and lots of concerns still coming out about that decision and what it means potentially for religious organisations, if governments can just come in and, and take away something like a hospital. More of that will unfold and we'll speak about that more, I'm sure, into the future. But this week, we're having a good conversation with Father Tony about his book, which is called Australia, What Went Right and What Went Wrong. And it's a pithy little treatise that you can read in a couple of nights, but it's just like anything that's distilled down but some wonderful and memorable insights into it. So we're going to be having a chat with Father Tony Percy about the contents and the main ideas in that book, Australia, What Went Right, What Went Wrong. So that's, um, that's all to be, to be got to in the show. We'll also be hearing from Father Dave Callahan. But to kick us off with, we've got Father Benedict McKenzie. He's from the Diocese of Parramatta. And we're really lucky to have his breaking open of the gospel this week that also appeared on Massview at Home, which is in lots of different platforms. It's on Southern Cross 10, appears on television each week pretty early in the morning, I think about 6 o'clock or 6.30. And really lucky to have his insights into today's gospel, which, as I said, is Matthew 9, 36 to Matthew 10, 8. The harvest is rich, but the labourers are few. Let's get into that now. Lots of good music to hear from, too. We've got the Porter's Gate in the first part of the show and the song Your Labour is Not in Vain. A bit of third day in the mix, too, which I... Can't wait to hear. Lots to lots to get through and lots to look forward to on the show. Let's get into it. Faith, hope, love and life. My name's Jude Hennessy. I'm so glad you've joined us this week on The Journey. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. When Jesus saw the crowds, he felt sorry for them because they were harassed and dejected, like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, The harvest is rich, but the labourers are few. So ask the Lord of the harvest to send labourers to his harvest. He summoned his twelve disciples and gave them authority over unclean spirits with power to cast them out 
and to cure all kinds of diseases and sickness. These are the names of the twelve apostles. First, Simon, who is called Peter, and his brother Andrew. James, the son of Zebedee, and his brother John. Philip and Bartholomew. Thomas and Matthew the tax collector. James, the son of Alphaeus and Tadaeus. Simon the zealot and Judas Iscariot, the one who is to betray him. These twelve Jesus sent out, instructing them as follows. Do not turn your steps to pagan territory, and do not enter any Samaritan town. Go rather to the lost sheep of the house of Israel, and as you go, proclaim that the kingdom of heaven is close at hand. Cure the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, cast out devils. You received without charge, give without charge. The Gospel of the Lord. And now, the Gospel Reflection with Father Benedict Mackenzie. He felt sorry for them because they were harassed and dejected like sheep without a shepherd. So often today in the Western world, which regularly turns a deaf ear to the Judeo-Christian scriptures, even many Christians think with a survival of the fittest mentality that we as weak, limited human beings are not strong enough to save anyone else. That it's a matter of pragmatic necessity that I need to look out for myself as number one. But we see today that that is not imitating the wisdom of our divine teacher, who was sorry for the harassed and dejected, the sheep without a shepherd. A shepherd is someone who doesn't look out for himself as his first and highest priority, but looks out for the harassed and dejected. He puts himself to protect the sheep, to provide for the sheep, to be with the sheep, and to provide clarity, help, and leadership for the sheep. And that might mean a bit of sunburn, a few scars, and moments of exhaustion for himself. Nevertheless, the sheep will be happy they will be strong and his work will mean something more than himself. It will leave more of an imprint on the world than his own self-centered wishes. Today, we see these 12 men, each an individual in their own right and each having quite a unique personality. We see them respond. We see them embrace the vocation, the calling that God gives to them we see them make a lifelong commitment to a life of imitating the holiness of Jesus and imitating his service of his people, his mystical bride, the church. They were not born apostles. They responded to the call of Jesus to take up that role. And they become apostles out of love for Jesus. Members of Jesus' first sheep receive grace from him to stand up and become shepherds, his shepherds. The interesting thing is we all get what they got. We're all given a vocation, a calling, at the moment of our baptism. Each of us is called and an invitation to a way of life from the Lord to which we can freely say yes or no. And the Lord respects our free decision. But this is the secret about a vocation to which the Lord invites us. Like the vocation he gave to these 12 men, our God-given vocation is the path to our greatest amount of happiness in this life and in the next. Our Creator 
knows us down to our very last cell, and He maps out a plan of life to the max for us. And it's inevitably a fine-tuned plan of generosity that is focused on Him, upon service of His sheep within His church, and upon love of our neighbour. You're listening to The Journey, music, interviews and wisdom for living life to the full. Your labour is not in vain Though the ground underneath you is cursed and stained Your planting and reaping are never the same Your labour is not in vain Your labor is not unknown Though the rocks they cry out And the sea it may grow The place of your toil may not seem like a home But your labor is not unknown I am with you I am with you, I am with you, I am with you, for I have called you, called you by name, your labor is not in vain. The vineyards you plant will bear fruit The fields will sing out and rejoice with the truth For all that is old will at last be made new The vineyards you plant will bear fruit I am I am with you, I am with you, I am with you, for I have called you, called you by name.
You're listening to The Journey, music, interviews and wisdom for living life to the full. Now, Wisdom from the Abbey with Mother Hilda. Some of you might remember an old, old film of many years ago. It was called How Green Was My Valley. It was the story of a simple family in Wales. The father and elder sons were all miners at a time of poverty and struggle. The film showed the eventual demise of their way of life. At one point in the film, the owners of the mine had reduced the wages, this in the days of emerging unionism. The old father was content to let the owners have their way, since that's what one did. But the sons were not. They saw the injustice and would have none of it. One night, as they sat down to dinner, a violent quarrel erupted and the father's authority was challenged. The young men announced their intention to leave home and eventually go to Canada to start a new life. One of them probably even thought of coming to Australia. The father was heartbroken. Eventually, he said, Look, sit down, let's continue our dinner and we'll say no more about it. But the sons were adamant. They kissed their mother goodbye and left. The father sat despondent at the table. His eight-year-old son, though, the youngest, was still sitting there, unable to eat. He cleared his throat to get his father's attention. (coughs) No answer. (coughs) Still no answer. He gently banged his knife and fork and cleared his throat again. (coughs) And this time, the white-haired old man lifted his head and said quietly, Yes, my son, I know you're still here. With a smile, the little lad continued his meal. Sometimes, I think, in the middle of the horrors of this present world, sometimes... Our little works of goodness, our little acts of kindness, our little acts of consideration, our little prayer are like that with God. We say to him, and he lifts his head, looks up with incredible love in your direction and says, yes, here he uses your name, I know you're still here. We have the power to console the heart of God. Let's do it. Thanks to Mother Hilda Scott there. We occasionally replay some of the stuff from Mother Hilda. We've got so much stuff from her. We haven't heard this one for a long time. And it's a a reflection that she's got from a beautiful old movie called How Green Was My Valley. Set in Wales in a time of great change. And there's one particular scene that she references there with... uh, the youngest son consoling and comforting his uh, his father in the midst of all of the, the issues and problems and challenges that they're facing as a family. And Mother Hilda makes the point that we can do that too. We can console the heart of God just as God can console our heart too. Coming up after the break, we're going to be jumping into this, uh, this great interview that we've got f- with Father Tony Percy where he's breaking open the main points of his book, Australia, What Went Right, What Went Wrong. We were lucky enough to have him in our region doing a couple of talks on that. I know he's done that up in Brisbane and Sydney and Melbourne and Canberra. He's done it at Parliament House. He's done it for lots of different organisations, including educational institutions. Really good summary of what makes Australia a unique, wonderful, and I think a nation that's full of great potential. But he also 
doesn't shy away from the things that what went of what went wrong and things that need to be to be worked out and things that need to be avoided into the future. That's coming up after the break. First up, though, is a bit of third day, and we've got some Chris Tomlin in the mix as well. And then I'll be jumping in in the next couple of parts of the show to this interview with uh, with Father Tony Percy. After Father Tony, Father Dave Callahan from the Missionaries of God's Love. Well, he's going to round out the show for us this week. Faith, hope, love and life. My name's Jude Hennessy, and thanks for joining us on the journey. You are beautiful, my sweet, sweet song. You are beautiful, my sweet, sweet song. You are beautiful, my sweet, sweet song. I will sing again You are so good to me You heal my broken heart You are my Father in heaven You are so
together on the journey. Faith, hope and love for life in all its fullness. Bow down and pray 
Well, good day, everyone. As promised, speaking to Father Tony Percy in an interview this week about his book, Australia, What Went Right, What Went Wrong. Really privileged to have him on the show. He's been speaking in locations all around Australia around this pithy little book that, that I've been describing to people as uh, a bit of an Australian history course for dummies. And quite seriously, it's, uh, it's done in such a way that it takes a volume of work and such huge concepts and, and puts it into a, a, a really distilled down pithy piece of writing that uh, that gives you some key elements of, well, what what have been some wonderful things that have happened in our nation? What have been some things that have gone wrong? And, and where are we headed in the future? Father Tony, really pleased that you can join us again on the journey to, to speak about the book. Thanks for having me, Jude. Why'd you write it? I read David Kemp's five-volume political history, cultural history, which he's now finished. The first volume was called The Land of Dreams, and Kemp maintains that the founders of the country said, look, we, we want to set up a society here that's not an aristocratic conservative society, but like the British, even the Americans in some way, and we don't want a utopian socialistic society, on the other hand, which uh, doesn't generate wealth because it takes away initiative, mm. so you can't generate wealth and you can't distribute wealth that you don't have. So he said they set out to have a free and fair country and to make sure that they would have a new nation which was not going to engage slavery as part of the, the very fabric of the nation. So Kemp has done this marvellous work and uh, it's quite dense, quite heavy. It's a long read and I thought not a lot of people are going to read this. Someone needs to make it more accessible. So that's the book with my own, as they say, gloss on it. Mm. You've certainly done that and, and it is such an easy read, but you can clearly see that you've waded through some deep and heavy writings to, to come to some conclusions that are easily digestible by, by people like me. I love that you call it What Went Right and what went wrong. I think there'd be a lot of people who just write a book called Australia, What Went Wrong. Tell us about what went right. Yeah, well, the, a lot's gone right. They, they've been, we've been able to establish a free and fair society. We've been able to... We're probably one of the most wealthiest uh, of countries mm. after, say, even 50 or 60 years when the British came here in 1788 with the Irish and, and uh, the convicts, etc. So we were able to very quickly, because of the great leadership of the governors of, the, uh, of New South Wales to basically get representative government by 1854, by that stage it was well in motion because the governors were great thinkers and they were very practical, so they put the two orders together and that has been a marvellous achievement. The, uh, what's, what's gone right has been a free and fair society. Uh, generation of wealth and the distrib- distribution of wealth has been remarkable in Australia's history. Mm. Tell us a little bit about what you learned about the place of religious freedom in Australia from, from your research? One of the great things about Australia, one of the great achievements has been the Constitution. When I looked at it closely, uh, Section 116 deals with religious liberty, which is a very important right. The first fundamental right is the right to life. The second is to, to have the right to search for the meaning of life. We normally do this in communities. So it protects not only religious people but people that aren't religious to have to search in communities for the, the meaning of life. The Constitution, Section 116, says there will be no official religion, no compulsion in religion, no restriction on religion and no religious discrimination. And yet the founders themselves were not very religious. This is a major achievement to ensure freedom for people of all walks of life. Well, this is a fascinating discussion. We're going to talk more after the break. We've got some music coming up now. And in the second part of our, our conversation, we're going to talk to Father Tony about well, what went wrong. That's coming up after the break. Faith, hope, love and life. My name's Jude Hennessy, and you're on the journey.
nations falling down in worship to sing the song of ages to the Lamb. And all have gone before us, and all who will believe will sing the song of ages to the Lamb. Your name is the
faith, hope, love and life. This is The Journey. Welcome back to The Journey, continuing this conversation now with Father Tony Percy. His book is called Australia, What Went Right, What Went Wrong. What Went Right gives a real good expose of all the things we should be grateful for in our nation, but it also gives us the fuel to think about and to address what went wrong. Father Tony, in your opinion, what went wrong? What could we have done better in this country? The governors were very insistent about the dignity of the Indigenous people, Mm. but unfortunately on the frontiers there was a lot of... uh, a lot of fighting, a lot of attacks, a lot of, a lot of murder. Mm-hmm. So between 300 to 700,000 Aboriginals existed here in the country when we came in 1788. By the time the Federation came around in 1901, there was only about 120,000, which included intermarriage. That's a major issue, which we now are addressing, thanks be to God. Mm-hmm. The uh, White Australia policy was a mistake. It was the first act of Parliament. Uh, a free and fair country presumably is colour blind, and yet we weren't for some period of time. But again, it's been addressed uh, addressed brilliantly. So there have been some things that have gone wrong, but it's been the genius of Australia to take people's self-interest and to turn it into public interest, and to be able to to say, look, actually this is not right. Let's change this. So that's been that's been a remarkable achievement too. All that being the case, and seemingly having a wonderful foundation on which to build. Father Tony, where do we go from here? In the, in the last part of the book, Jude, I, I have a look at a very recent piece of history, two popes. So some of your listeners will be Catholics and others not, but that shouldn't bother people. The pope that was uh, quite difficult with the modern world was Pius the Ninth. They nicknamed him Pio Nono. It was a play on his own Italian name. After him came a fantastic pope, Leo the Thirteenth, the first truly modern pope, and he wrote the very first social encyclical or teaching document trying to look at the great challenges of the Industrial Revolution and the socialistic solution to its socialising property. So he uh, he said no to that, and he began what has now become a very rich tradition, open to people of no faith, actually, because it employs often human reason and uh, people of faith of different faiths. So now he's he sort of started a really a paradigm to say, as we go forward, there are the four pillars that which we should have. One is respect and love and dignity and dignity of the human person that can never be compromised. The pursuit of the common good, which is all those uh, particular conditions that allow people to flourish as human beings, particularly in education and health. The uh, principle of subsidiarity, all the intermediary institutions between the individual and government, all the, all the social things that we do, that should be very big on a, a country's list to do. And uh, finally, the principle of solidarity, actually helping people that are in great need. If those four paradigms are pursued, then we will still have a free and fair country. Father Tony, it's a fascinating read. I I loved it. I devoured it. I know my wife did too. Um, It was the fifth highest seller last year for Connor Court Publishing. I really encourage listeners to get a hold of it and read it. How how can they get it? Very easily. They can simply type into the, uh, the World Wide Web Australia, what went right, what went wrong, or they can go to Connor Court Publishing. Uh, the first ones, the first area, the first method I recommend is, is easy. You'll get it straight away and it'll kick you straight to the website and you'll be able to buy it uh, just for $22. It's 18,000 words, so it's a very small monograph, particularly written for young people to get them involved in public and political life. That's really important at this stage of our history. It's a great book. You've done a fantastic job. I love the fact that it is full of gratitude but also doesn't dance around the things that have gone wrong and points to the future with great hope. 
Father Tony, thanks so much for writing it and thanks so much for joining us on the journey. Thank you for having me. Time for a bit more music now. Faith, hope, love and life. My name's Jude Hennessy. So glad you've joined us this week on the journey. Are you past the point of weary? Is your burden weighing heavy? Is it all too much to carry? Let me tell you about my Jesus. Do you feel that empty feeling? Cause shame's on all this stealing And you're desperate for some healing Let me tell you about my Jesus He makes a way where there ain't no way Rises up from an empty grave Ain't no sinner that he can save Let me tell you about my Jesus His love is strong and His grace is on the journey faith hope and love for life in all its fullness here are the missionaries of god's love with the call jesus says that his sheep his followers 
listen to his voice, and do not listen to the voice of the stranger. But is it really this simple? There are only two voices that can direct us, the voice of the shepherd or the voice of fear. It is probably fair to say that most of the time, we're actually directed by the voice of fear. The voice of fear is very subtle and normally presents itself as the voice of reason. It is the voice that calls us to self-preservation, always looking to keep ourselves safe. This is the voice that twists the truth of the gospel message to validate its message of fear. We start believing things such as, God wants you to be happy, so there's no point persevering when things become difficult. We need to learn to recognize that the voice of the shepherd is completely different. The shepherd wants to lead us through our fear to the path of life. The shepherd never promises us that life will be fulfilled in an instant, in this instant gratification, but rather that he will lead us along a path that involves facing our fear. It's important that we recognize the difference between these two voices. Jesus says that the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. This is accomplished in the most seductive and subtle of ways, by trying to invite us to stay comfortable and safe. We need to reject this voice of fear whenever we see it operating in our life. We need to choose to listen instead to the voice that calls us to trust God in the face of an impossible call as he leads us to our true destiny. I'm Father Dave Callahan from the Missionaries of God's Love. Find out more about us at mglpriestsandbrothers.org.
Thanks so much to Father Dave Callahan there. He picked up on the very clear teaching of Jesus that my sheep listen to my voice. And how we want to be listening to the voice of the shepherd, not the voice of fear. Thank you so much to Father Dave Callahan there. A very pertinent song to finish with. Thanks to Mac Norden, Max Norton, who picked out Becca Bradley, Good Shepherd of My Soul. And thank you for all the things that he's done to, to put today's show together, including uh, the putting together of that interview that we had with Father Tony Percy. Great to hear from Mother Hilda Scott and, of course, Father Benedict McKenzie right at the top of the show who um, broke up in the gospel for us this week. We've had a pretty full dance card today with all the inputs in the show. I hope hope you've enjoyed it. Don't forget you can go to jcr.org.au. If you do that, you can re-listen to this week's show. You can listen to parts of it. Perhaps you want to listen to the interview with Father Tony Percy again. Well, it's all there, ready for you to grab. As are all of the past shows, and we're coming up to 10 years of shows every single week for 10 years, and what a blessing. It's um, it's flown by, and I think back now as we approach that milestone of just the incredible, generous witness that we've seen from so many people in in, uh, in sharing their own story of discipleship, all of these God spots that we've got from some remarkable people, lots of faith testimonies, always kicking off with breaking open the Word of God each week, as we should. We will be doing it all again next week. Faith, hope, love and life. My name's Jude Hennessy. And thanks for joining us on The Journey. The Journey is presented by Jude Hennessy and produced by Max Norden on Dharawal Country in the office of the Bishop for the Catholic Diocese of Wollongong.